This is the Masonic Light Podcast featuring Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. A non-stuffy, somewhat humorous approach to understanding our craft. We guarantee you'll have a good time or your money back. This podcast is not endorsed or approved by the Grand Lodge or any jurisdiction. In fact, they'll probably hate it. And now, here's our host, Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Masonic Light Podcast. This is Pete, and um, my co-host Larry is uh, is off this week because he's out on a... He's somewhere in the in the Azores or somewhere. He's somewhere between Florida and England. He's on his way. So with me today are um, our guests from the past two weeks are now filling in as co-hosts. So we've got Jason Lewis. Good morning. And Dick Kenna. Good morning. And then we actually have a real guest today. Uh, his name is Joey Doherty. Say hi, Joey. Hello, everybody. So Joey's got the deepest voice here, but he's uh, actually the youngest one. He's about 20 years old. So that's going to be uh, one of our topics today is... You know, why the hell are you a Mason? Are you just trying to scare the women away so, like, <laughs> you don't ever get lucky? Um, but, hey, for, well, first we're going to talk about what we've done over the past week. So, Dick, what have you done uh, since the last broadcast, uh, anything Masonic-related? Well, certainly we had the Goose and Gridiron on Thursday. Uh, it was a really good meeting. It was only about eight or nine of us there, and I think we had some really interesting conversations about... Uh, Lancaster's, the Lancaster's Lodges, the communication and cooperation that exists or does not exist between them. Uh, it was, um, it was, I thought, a very, very interesting, very productive kind of a conversation. Pretty much that was my, my I went to council on, uh, on Wednesday, um, all seven or eight of us. I was there with you. You were there with me, um, yes. As little as we knew, um, we were just on par with everybody else because it seemed like one of the worst organized meetings I've ever been to. Very, very close. Very close, except for the first one that I went to, which was in the, within the last year. Great guys. I will give a thanks to uh, John March. who did. He's got a kind of a rough exterior and grumpy, but he really took a lot of time to any all of us that were filling in chairs, like being polite and walking us around and showing us exactly what to do. John seems to be the mad emailer of um, Commandery. And I got a very, I've, I actually got a very nice email from him earlier this week about a flying car, uh, which I did not, which I didn't delete like I normally do. So thank you, John. So the funny thing with John is John is a, um, about as conservative as you can get politically. And Dick is probably the opposite end of the spectrum. And uh, John probably sends out about 10 emails a day of a, political, anti-kind of anti-democrat nature. But the, the ironic thing is at the bottom of the, um, at the bottom of every email is, um, please don't like forward, please don't spam me. Like don't add me to any spam lists <laughs> after he sends you 10 emails. You're not allowed to spam him. Yeah. So the, the nice thing about that was I approached him about it early on because I had no idea who he was. And um, basically his response was, if you don't like what I'm sending you, delete it. I said, thank you very much, John. I'll do that. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, a, he's a good man. He is. Um, so that was kind of interesting, though, a chapter um, or a council. Uh, I'm losing my mind. It's, um, but the, uh, the master didn't have the keys. 
So we we did the whole degree, the whole meeting without uh, working tools, without uh, aprons. Um, so it was pretty fun. Yeah. Made me feel very comfortable. Thank yes. you. Did you have a charter? We yes. did have a charter. Ah, good. So that was good. So, um, Jason, what do you have going on this past week? Goose and Gridiron. I uh, got back into town late, so I missed you guys at uh, Chapter. So, but I spent twelve hours in the car with one of your Lamberton members, uh, Scott Hoover. We uh, we had a fun time. No swearing because Scott was in the car. Where did where did you guys uh, where did you guys go? <laughs> I had an appointment on Long Island for work, so it was a forty five minute appointment for hours and hours of uh, driving and fellowship. But it was it was good. It was fun. It'd be really hard for me to go that many hours without using the F word. It was hard. I said uh, I said bastard. Am I allowed to say that on the air? You could, yeah, absolutely. I said that one a lot. I figured that was my safe Christian word. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that word's in the Bible somewhere. So I, I could pull it off. Yes, uh, and and Mr. Hoover is one of our listeners, and he's a. Uh, we should probably rename our lodge the Hoover Lodge, right? Because all of his kids are active members. Um, his daughters are active in Eastern Star. Um, they're active in all the youth organizations. Yep. Um, his wife, Sandy, is the pretty much the cat was started catering our meals for our meetings. Now caters probably three or four different lodges meetings. So and she caters 43. Yeah, yeah. So like and Scott got the MSA award last year and um, Sandy's award. Yeah. He said he said basically <laughs> I think the, um, the Scottish Rite wanted to give it to Sandy for cooking, but um, they can't give it to her. So they made gave it to me. So. She should wear the hat in the kitchen. Absolutely. And Joey, what do you have? Anything going on Masonically? Well, this week I uh, I had the Royal Arch Chapter meeting on Thursday night, the night after the council meeting. I was supposed to attend the council meeting, but I had prior engagement. So thanks to uh, Brother Ed McGrath for stepping in for my chair. Um, Thursday night I had a chapter with Jason, and that was a pretty good meeting, pretty fast. For all you Royal Arch Masons out there, we have a table chapter. Um, on June 16th at the Marriott Hotel, so make your reservations for that. Um, should be a good night. We have the District Deputy High Priest, George Heinsohn, coming out. Um, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, right. We do have a speaker, um, but I believe the cost is something like $39 for the plate. Um, and cash bar. And, yeah. yeah, cash bar, so it should be a pretty good night. Um, and then we played dodgeball yeah, on tell us about, Saturday tell morning. Tell us about the whole dodgeball thing and like who organized the tournament and how we got involved and... Yeah, the E-Town chapter of DMLA has been doing this dodgeball for dyslexia for a while, and my nephew just joined DMLA, and I joined as an advisor and thought it would be fun to play dodgeball, and I talked about this dodgeball tournament for three months in Lodge 43, and I was able to grab four guys that wanted to play, two showed, so we joined forces with uh, Ubar, so we had a good <laughs> representation, and uh, we're all very sore this morning, but Joey played, and a couple guys from 43, and a few of uh, the guys from Ubar. It was a lot of fun. And Joe, you're a, a D-Malay and a Mason. So whose team did you play on? Were you a double I, agent? I, I, I played 43. Um, interesting story because I was a Mason before I was a D-Malay, um, which is way... A little bit backwards. Bass backwards. And uh, so when, when I became a Mason, uh, Brother Seth Anthony from Tricler Lodge, who was also a very active D-Malay in his younger years, approached me. And said, hey, DMLA is doing their initiation on this date and you should go out and do it because I guess somewhere along the line, the age of re the required age to be a Mason was 21 and then they changed it to 18. But DMLA never caught up to the to the game and their 
cutoff years when you graduate from being a DMLA is 21. So there's that gray area when I was 18 that Seth Anthony said, oh, go become a DMLA. Wasn't there a contest involved though too? There was a contest between Seth Anthony and Ron Carson. There was lodge money involved in a bet and there was also, I think, some personal money involved in a bet for membership who can get more members in a year. And I guess I was the one that pushed DMLA over the edge and won it for Seth Anthony. So sorry to Ron Carson still. I'm eternally, you know... Ron is our uh, non grata. Yes. Ron's our uh, (laughs) principal for the school of instruction for the first Masonic district. And, uh, it's probably in the, in the driver's seat if for whoever would be selected for maybe the next, next district deputy. That's just a guess, but it's so, you know, it's political. So it doesn't matter what I say. We're all crossing our fingers though. (laughs) We are. But, uh, yeah. So I, I joined TMLA and, I haven't been very active because I've taken many chairs in, in other organizations, but um, I was a, an Eagle Scout throughout my childhood, so I did have other things going on. Otherwise, I would have been a DMLA from the get-go. So Sounds great. Well, we're, we're, we're going to explore that a little bit more. We're going to go take our first break. Um, it's nice to take a break without Larry actually asking for the break. Don't worry, he's in the bathroom on a boat somewhere. Yeah, well, Pro- uh, probably getting sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we'll we'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll talk about Larry. Today, more than ever, the fate of nations is led by a cabal of individuals and corporations. From the price of gas and basic necessities continually escalating, people are feeling like puppets with a chosen few pulling the strings. In other words, follow the money. In a fascinating work of historical fiction, The Red Serpent chronicles how the rich and powerful have prevailed through the centuries of history. 5,000 years after Sumerians bury the greatest wealth of knowledge the world has ever known, traces of it surface in the 20th century, along with omens and executions. The Vatican is in a frenzy to possess it. A secret society will stop at nothing to control it. And innocent people are doomed by obscure connections with it. In a bizarre quirk of fate, an obsessed French policeman, an alluring philology professor, an ex-Mossad rabbi, and a powerful Jewish family join forces to solve a triad of ancient puzzles. They must battle their way through Europe, outwit assassins, and dodge overwhelming foes. But how do they convince governments to aid them in their quest? What if they run out of time? And can they pull off the phenomenon that will change civilization forever? The Red Serpent by Larry Maris is available at Amazon, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble, plus fine bookstores everywhere. And welcome back. Um, so yeah, we're our our esteemed colleague Larry is not here this week. And as much as I make fun of Larry's schedule, it is kind of helpful, even though I don't follow it. But um, yeah, Larry is on a month long cruise, um, and he told me last night that I think Larry's seventy two, and he said he's probably the youngest person on this cruise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's you know the the, the cruise of the dead and. Um, where are these guys going? Is it like a trip out of Solent Green? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going somewhere in Europe, right? Or yeah, going to, they went or in Bermuda, going to the Azores, which I looked up last night and really found. That's off Spain, found, right? Uh, actually, sports, Portugal, Northern, Northern Africa, but it looks like a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, not that they have any idea what they're going to do when they get there, but 
uh, it really is kind of a stopping off point for boats and planes and stuff that they can get themselves refueled and move on. But they're going up to Brussels, I think, and um, uh, I think I, I'm sure into France to see the uh, D-Day battlefield kind of stuff. Normandy. Nor yeah, thank you very yeah, much. So la I knew it was somewhere. Larry's like that. probably going to offend everybody over there because he's going to walk around the streets of Europe and ask where the Masons are. And <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Larry, they don't do that over there. <laughs> he was looking for them on the boat, I think. Yeah, that's a good way to get tossed overboard, Larry. How many messages do you guys get from him so far for well, this? Well, he joined the, um, he, he broke down and bought the internet package, right. which I'm sure wasn't cheap. But uh, he already messaged myself and Jason about today's podcast. So he's really jealous that he's not here. So that tells you how exciting his He's on a freaking boat in the middle of the Atlantic. Checking something that none us. of us could afford. Well, maybe Dick. He's retired. But none of the rest of us could afford. We should have Skyped him in. Yeah. And uh, he he's, would rather be here on a microphone in wet, rainy Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Well, it took him from Fort Lauderdale to Bermuda to get very sick. And it's going to take him four days to get from... Bermuda to the Azores. So yeah, and that's God across the, the big Atlantic, not just the Gulf. In a small boat, actually. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, Joey, let's, let's, um, oh, we, before we get back to Joey, you went, you forgot something. We had our almoners dinner. Yeah, after our broadcast or podcast last Sunday, uh, Lamberton's first almoners dinner at Hogwarts. Is that how you pronounce that? Down at the seminary uh, at FNM? Yeah, there's the uh, Lancaster Theological Seminary here in, uh, in the city, and it's a beautiful old building, and it looks like uh, that room in where the cafeteria where the kids from Harry Potter ate, oh, the ate dinner. Hall. The Great Hall. Yeah, it's just like a small version of the Great Hall. Nice. Found a great uh, stained window that is now part of my Facebook page. Oh, with a cross and crown? Yeah, yeah, which was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. The, the meal was wonderful, good. Uh, I think we had about 40 guys there and wives and various sundries. But it was very nice, very nice. I don't think we made a lot of money, but I think it's a good beginning. Something that we probably should be doing more of as Freemasons anyway. So, Very good. So, I'm um, done. yeah, I, I didn't go. They, they told me there was uh, no, no bar. So they, actually, had, they, they had wine and cider. Actually, there was for not having any, uh, having a bar, there was one heck of a lot of alcohol there. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. You would have felt at home, at home, Pete. Okay. So, uh, back to Joey. So Joey, you became a Mason at 18? 18. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so what attracted you as an 18 year old? Cause it's really not fun well like i said i was a scout and uh i became an eagle scout when i was i actually was raised before i got my eagle scout award but um my dad was raised at 43 i have a few mutual family friends that are uh, mutual friends of my dad and myself that are are, are masons as well in, in lodge 43 and my great uncle was a mason i had never got a chance to meet him but it was always something that my uh, maternal family had held in high esteem so when I became 18, it was kind of like a natural thing for me to look into being that I had just finished scouting and wanted something kind of similar from an outsider's perspective. It's like, you know, it's a group of guys that kind of share the same values. Um, and my dad got a petition for me when I asked him for it. And uh, it was the first thing I did when I turned 18 was turn in, turn in my petition to so be read. Where I went to where I went to school, we didn't have D Malay, or at least I didn't know about it. Maybe there was, but 
you know, I mean, I grew up uh, in a Catholic family and I didn't know any Masons growing up. Right. Um, so we were talking a little bit about the parking lot and since you were a Boy Scout as well, um, you know, what was your, like, my impression of, like, the kids going to go into I mean, they're a little bit more kind of, like, quiet and, and like, sitting in the corner and getting picked last for the teams. Yeah, well, I, yesterday it, it seemed pretty similar to scouting in terms of the gamut of guys that are there, you know. You have the kind of guys that you were talking about that were kind of quiet, but they weren't so quiet at DMLA because they found their spot and they found where they can grow the most, which I think is the most important thing to offer a kid um, is that opportunity to go out and feel like they've been accepted. Yeah. I've, I've always been impressed whenever I've seen a DMLA event or a Joby's or rainbow girls and like the kids getting up in front of an audience of adults and other kids and public speaking. Yeah. I can do that now at 47, but I would have been completely freaked out at 16 doing that. Absolutely. And uh, the DMLA kids, I got to say, hands down, have some of the best ritual work I've ever seen. Um, uh, being kind of a new Mason still, you know, only three years, I've seen a lot of, I've been to a, pretty much all the extra meetings that I can get to uh, in my Blue Lodge for degree work and ritual nights. Um, and, you know, I watched the likenesses of Josh Palmer and uh, Drew Bullington, some of those guys. And they're fantastic ritualists. I study with Drew weekly um, on degree work. But when I got the DMLA orders conferred upon me, it was it was unbelievable the the amount of of work the kids had to do, and the flawless like the flawlessness that they had was just I had never seen it in in Masonic ritual work. It was just awesome. They do a great job. Jason, were you aware of DMLA? As a kid? No, not at all. You know, I, uh, like I said, another podcast, I grew up in Erie and masonry was everywhere, but we didn't really know about DMLA, at least where I, I didn't go to school right in the city. Never heard of it until after I became uh, What Mason. about you, Dick? Did you know about it? Not a clue. I lived, grew up in Levittown and there were no masons or DMLAs or pretty much anything but Boy Scouts and baseball teams out there at that point. It just seems like to me, like, you know, we're going to talk about, um, you know, parades and all kinds of other things here on the show today and you know ways to get new members well i think one of the best things freemasons do is the youth organizations and um you know i don't have a solution to that but it just seems like if they could do a better job of uh letting people know that these things exist you know for a long time there wasn't a lot of crossover between dmla into masonry and we talked about this in another show about you know, the millennials, the young guys, you know, the young guys love the ritual and the esoterics and that's kind of a, a resurgence. And I think that now more than ever, we're poised to take those DMLA and turn them into Masons. I had, I had two DMLA, one of my nephew and one of the, the, uh, the Hoover grandchildren in the car with me yesterday after dodgeball. And I, and they're young. I mean, they're both, they're 13 and 14. And I said, what do you guys think about masonry? Are you, you going to probably join? And, uh, you know, the young Hoover said, well, I probably don't have a choice because it's in my family's blood. <laughs> and my nephew said, you know, maybe, maybe I will. Now, you know, that's still another six or seven, three or four years away for those guys. But I think that if they see the ritual now and they're younger and they appreciate the esoteric part of masonry, that I think we're, you know, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't push these youth groups because we know the Blue Lodge feeds everything else that happens in masonry, but Dean Lake could really fuel... You know, Blue Lodge as well. Dick, Dick, you were a professional educator, so you actually have some uh, training with youth. 
Um, so what do you think about like things like youth organizations and, and DMLAY and scouting? You were a scout, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I agree with Jason. I think whether it's sports or whether it's um, organizations in, in the community, if we don't start them, start them early. I mean, there was a pa- in the paper this morning, they were talking about Mannheim Township's lacrosse program. And the coach was saying that they get these kids in around eight years old. And they begin to um, indoctrinate them into lacrosse. He said, if, if, I, if I let them go and let them play soccer or softball, then I don't have them forever. And, uh, and J- Jason's point is, is excellent. Uh, if we don't begin to get the Dimolet and the young guys into, this, into these programs early, don't get them to appreciate ritual. I don't. I don't. I don't think you get them. I think you lose them for about ten or fifteen years before you really have a good shot at them again. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think one of the greatest things that I've been uh, that I've heard recently in terms of masonry is Freemasonry isn't what goes on inside the lodge walls. I mean, yeah, you got that. That's really what it is at face value. Yeah, sure, Freemasonry is what happens behind the doors, but it's what we take outside into the world and. Yesterday, playing dodgeball with the kids was really Freemasonry at its finest. You know, a bunch of Masons. Throwing balls at high speed yeah. at kids' faces. Yeah, that's really what it's all about is hurting the, the little kids. Um, <laughs> but really what it was, it was a bunch of dudes that got together. And even this dyslexic center, um, the teacher who runs that came yeah, out. Yeah, she came and, out. And, uh, but it was a bunch of people that got together and had a good time and really imbued the, the spirit of Freemasonry at what we preach, you know, we, we tried to practice what we preached yesterday and I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. And I think that's a recurring theme of this show where we're trying to like really push the idea of being social outside of the lodge. Um, you know, whether it's lowbrow, like my buddies and I, you know, going out to the bar to, you know, probably better things for the community, like you're doing, <laughs> like going to, um, you know, helping out the kids at the dodgeball. A few months ago, I helped out with the, um, they had a casino night, which is a, I thought was a really hilarious thing, but they did like a James Bond night for Demolay. Oh, nice. And they had, um, you know, they were like anything like Casino Royale was kind of the theme of the party. And they got a bunch of us um, grotto guys to become be dealers at uh, blackjack tables and all kinds of stuff, which I thought was really, really ironic that you got like the worst guys <laughs> helping out the good kids. But, you know, it's interesting about those programs that they do. Those are all laid out by the DMLA. They, they don't do anything that's prescribed by the parents or the advisors. And aside from keeping them safe, like I, I joined the advisory team and wish I was more active, but in any event, you know, they have to run all their activities by the adults to make sure it's a legal and b it's safe. But that program was that, that casino night, that was one of their ideas. All the things that they do, are those young men's ideas. I mean, we don't do anything to um, help them decide uh, aside from, you know, legalities and, and being safe. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's on your point of getting the young guys involved because they seem to have the ideas. Yeah. Well, let's get into something. Except for the old guy across here in the corner. <laughs> he's, he's got a few. So we talked about a lot of the highbrow stuff. Let's get into some more lowbrow stuff. Yeah. Um, we got Grotto tonight. Uh, three out of four of us are Grotto members. Yeah, yeah well, well, give it two w- weeks. Give, give, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey turns 21 in two weeks, and then um, we'll take him out for a cup of coffee or something. Joey yeah. believes that you can't be Dimelay and Grotto at the same time. He thinks that's some sort of rule, and I, I have tried to encourage him well, otherwise. Prophet Dan 
Prophet Dan has said some things, and I'm calling him out right here. Yeah, you know, um, God love Dan, Dan Logan. Um, he's a unique bird. <laughs> he is just a unique bird. He hey, was on the cruise with us. and Well, he saved, he saved a few balls from hitting my head yesterday, so. He played well. <laughs> the... Um, so yeah, we've got a, a grotto meeting tonight, and yeah. the great thing about grotto meeting tonight, we I guess we've run out of ideas, so we're having breakfast for dinner. And you picked a great weekend because we had two pancake breakfasts yesterday. Yeah, so <laughs> imagine this. I think it's the um, the lowest turnout. For, <laughs> I've got the RSVPs of like the lowest turnout we've ever had for grotto. It's like uh, forty one guys coming tonight. So, oh well, but it's not a, it's not an exciting meeting. There's no degree work. There's no really anything. Do, do we have well, items for auction? We are going to probably have some items for auction. If you, do you have anything to auction off? No. I only do that in Georgia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what we do at Grotto, because none of us really want, this is why I think Dick would like, we don't want to do fundraisers. So we have a lot of people that are longtime Masons and they have just collected a bunch of Masonic crap over the years. Right. And they've had some stuff sitting on their shelf that they don't want anymore. And maybe somebody else might want it. So, we get usually Prophet Andrew Sterling, who does a great job of uh, being like the, what do you call it? The uh, auctioneer. auctioneer. Yeah. And he stands up there and he hawks this crap. And <laughs> it could be like an old Grandmaster's medallion. It could be a t-shirt. It could be um, one of our brothers owns a uh, cigar shop, usually brings in a bundle of cigars that he probably got for free from a, a cigar company. Promotion. Yeah. And like. <laughs> We'll just sit there in like 15 minutes. We'll raise $500 and like, oh, we're, we're done fundraising for this quarter and uh, we'll just move on. I scored a great coin. I mean, that thing's got to be five inches wide and it's got all the pictures of the old Pennsylvania Grand Lodges before they made the, the permanent one in Philadelphia. And I paid dearly for it. But man, that thing's got to weigh five pounds. That's great. The, uh, one of the best things auctioned and I, I feel bad for the, I'll, I'll leave his name out of this because he'll be embarrassed, but um he brought in a, a, a cabinet that was called like an onion cabinet or a potato cabinet, some sort of like thing that, I don't know, you store like potatoes or onions in. And he was moving and he had to get rid of all the stuff. So he auctioned this thing off and somebody bought it. The guy that bought it was a police officer. And as he's like looking through, looking through the uh, the cabinet, he found some like dried up uh, bud of marijuana like up in the corner, and he was just like, oh. like I guess his kids like had hidden some weed, was hid some weed in there, and he was so mortified. But uh, yeah, it was all it was pretty good. So nobody got arrested. There was no trouble. But it was it was just funny. Nice. So that's that's what you have to look forward to, Joey. Um, yeah. You know, it's a good mix of guys. Well, do you know anything about the Grotto guys in, in Boston or right outside of Boston? I don't know if you mingled with them on your past trip to Masonic Con. Um, I'm sure I did, but I, yeah, I can't understand people that talk like that. Yeah, um, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, Boston Yacht. Yeah, I, did, I may know them on the internet. Right. So if you join, then you can go hang out with those guys. Yeah. Or at least try and make them fun if they're not. Because, like, not every Grotto is fun. Oh, Right. I mean, a lot yeah. of them are just boring as any group. So. Just another pendant body. Yeah. So, yeah. But Joey's moving to Boston. So, where are you going to college? Uh, Berkeley College of Music. Okay. Wow. I've never heard of that. I've heard of Berkeley in California. Yeah. Berkeley College of Music is spelled B E R K L E E. And it was a combination of two names, Burke and Lee. In Boston. It's, it's, yeah. It started off as a, a dude teaching piano. Um, right in center city and then it kind of graduated to a 
accredited school and um it's kind of a big deal so you um uh, you're a musician what kind of music do you play what instruments uh my primary instrument is guitar as 80 percent of the student body is there but really um you know that's a lot of waspy males <laughs> that play guitar <laughs> think they can play music and we're not talking like the yellow and black christian <laughs> metal attack wasp <laughs> No, 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 we're no, talking, we're talking yeah, yeah, we're talking. Okay. No, wait, Striper was the Christian band. I don't oh, think Wasp Striper, was, yeah. Yeah, Stri- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll fit right in, Joey. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, it is a, it's a the fanta- ca- the, the Catholic Freemason oh, kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a fantastic really. school, and I don't know why they picked me, but uh, they, uh, I play guitar primarily, and uh, piano is a secondary instrument, so... So, I mean, when you get out, is the goal to be a music teacher or just go into no, music? No, no, no. I'm, I'm uh, intending to major in music production and engineering. So it's going to be a lot of studio work. And I have a kind of an, I don't say a knack, but I have a very strong interest in writing jingles is kind of what my interest where my interest lies. Well, we, uh, this would be a good time if we ever, for our other show, we have all kinds of cheesy jingles and uh, we could probably splice <laughs> one of those in, but uh, we'd be happy to have you come in and uh, do a jingle and do a, a, some voiceover work for our show um, for free. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. It'll, it'll go on my, uh, my, we'll go on your, you can do your experience. In, you can do your internship here at Lancaster <laughs> podcast studios. <laughs> sure. Why not? They don't need to know how um, big this is. So, Oh no, it's it's huge. It's it's a big place. Um, so going on today over at the Masonic Lodge, we have something kind of cool. Yeah, there's punk, a punk rock flea market. Punk rock flea market, and you know, punk rock flea markets are getting pretty big in Philly, New York, and and there's uh, uh, a, a few organizers of the punk rock flea market that have some Masonic ties, and uh, thought that the Masonic Center would be a great place to run out. So that was this is the first time I think that it's been two days. So it was yesterday and today, and uh, yeah, it's first floor second floor and i think there's something like 80 vendors and it's driving the old guys crazy that this masonic center is getting torn apart by a bunch of you know tattooed creatives and i mean there's all sorts of stuff in there from records and t-shirts to homemade crafts to some guys hawking a a, a human skull great yeah yeah nice i went up to him and i said you know that's not the only human skull that's in this building and i just walked away (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, a couple. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, that should tie into your uh, your news article about the gentlemen in California who were complaining about the fact that the young guys were talking and creating new and wonderful ideas in Freemasonry and how pissed off they were. Well, that sounds like a good segue. Let's um, let's take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, what we consider news or just crap. Be right back. The Masonic Light Podcast is sponsored by MasonicScarves.com, home of unique Masonic-themed soccer scarves. Our scarves aren't printed. All of the artwork is knitted into the design. We can also do custom-made designs featuring your local lodge or commemorating an event. These make a great gift for visitors, members, or for fundraising. Visit our website at MasonicScarves.com and click on the Shop Now button to see our full catalog. At checkout, use code PODCAST and you'll get $5 off per scarf. www.MasonicScarves.com
time immemorial, man has sought to control the elements, only to be gifted the power of fire by the titan Prometheus, granting man and prophets the power over nature and space. In these days of rampant strife, chaos, and discord, can we as prophets allow the realm at large to continue on, unrefined, undignified, unhandsome? The choice is clear, prophets. We have reached critical mass. We have it within our power to choose the right future. We, the prophets of the mystic order veiled prophets of the enchanted realm, can reach vaulted heights of greatness. This year, vote for Azamaya and past monarch Victor Mann for Grand Captain of the Guard. 21st Century Prometheus. Paid for by the committee to elect Victor Why Not Mann. Not associated or affiliated with the Victor Mann Hair Club for Men or the retired LBJ Lookalike Committee. And welcome back, everybody. Um, so one of the things we're going to talk about is there's a, a great um, satire site out there, kind of like The Onion, but for Freemasons. It's called the, the Past Bastard. And there's some insightful comedic things that they write. But like most satire, it actually hits a, a real point. Um, you know, basically, the gist of the article, um, I don't have my phone in front of me, but it's basically, you know, these young guys coming in and frustrating all the old guys with all these, like, ideas um, and Jason, you read another article. What was the article that you read? Yeah, there was an article floating around on a few of the Facebook pages, and I don't know if it generated from the the Past Bastard or another website called Masonic Footnotes. But uh, the gist of it was is that uh, you, old, the old guys don't like change, and the new guys are bringing this change to the lodge. But the undertone was, we need new members, but don't change anything. And uh, this uh, kind of double-edged sword or catch-22 that's going on in the craft right now. And what I guess these uh, the our senior members are kind of missing out on the fact that when they joined the lodge in the 1950s, what did they do? They changed the craft. You know, pre pre World War II, it was a very uh, elite and hush hush organization. And you know, the few decades after World War II, we saw a huge expansion in in masonry, and not just masonry, but in social clubs in general. And now, you know, fast forward a few decades more, and well, don't change anything. But they were the ones that imparted change as well. And we're going to be in the same boat. Twenty years from now, we're going to be the grumpy old guys. Well, five years from now, you guys will be the grumpy old guys. But in a couple decades, Joey and I will be the uh, you know the grumpy old guys, and who knows what our you know next generation is going to bring in. It's just I don't know. It's um, plus when all these old guys bought all these buildings in the fifties, we were saying that in the parking lot. Yeah, um, things grew really large. They needed to accommodate the, the the people, and everybody bought these big, huge behemoth of buildings that today are not viable to keep up. Right, and all you old guys come to a meeting because. You bought these giant buildings for us to be the stewards of now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're too big. They're too big, too expensive, and they're falling apart. All the young guys show this podcast to the old guys so they can hear that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> play, that, play that in your lodge. Well, the other part of that is that you have tons of young guys, and you have these, you know, committee upon a committee upon a committee, but everybody's heart is in the same place. If you need a ride to lodge or if you need to get to an event or if you need help, that's... That's what we do. I mean, I know that this is Masonic light, but that's a pretty serious note that, you know, if you know young guys, uh, you you know, if the young guys know of somebody who's at home that, that is convalescing at home, that can't make it a meeting, figure it out. Go visit them. Go say hi. Bring them to a meeting if you can. You know, there's, 
there's there's pros and cons of being the new and the old generation here. I think. Yeah, and I think the the thing that. Dick, you're both. You're a new Mason, yeah. but an old guy. Th- thank you. I, I was trying, <laughs> trying to come up with a way, a way of saying that. I, I, I agree with the new guys. I, I, I feel like a, a young Mason because I look and see what's going on. We need new. We need new ideas. We need new. We need new joinings. I think. And uh, I've been a Mason for five years. Um, I'm in my late sixties. As a matter of fact. Tomorrow's my birthday, so I won't be coming to uh, Grotto tonight because the family's coming over to celebrate tonight. But um, it is one of the few organizations where you can be older and still new in Freemasonry. And um, it frustrates me to no end when I hear we can't do something. Just really, really bothers me a lot. Because, uh, and Jason and I were at lunch, at breakfast the other day talking about how do we go about joining the, uh, not joining actually, but um, coalescing our lodges so that we're all working toward the same thing at the same time? It's crazy to have that big building and have everybody working on their own thing when there's so many Masons that that could be working together to solve problems like furniture, like uh, upkeep so forth and yeah uh, i mean i i got that from our uh, council meeting um apparently our council did not join that building right away right so when the the big masonic center got put in downtown the um the council stayed at our old building which was the old original lodge 43 which was like a beautiful treasure it's it's um Maybe we'll throw a link up on the website to some of the pictures. It's just a beautiful beautiful building from the 1700s with murals on the ceiling and on the walls. So they stayed there for a couple of years until they just realized they couldn't afford to keep it up anymore. So they moved into the Masonic Center, but never really paid any buy-in. So what I think, I mean, Jason's on the board of directors, so he'll probably be able to explain this better. But I believe the membership, the way that the dues are structured for the Masonic Center is they took whatever our, whatever the budget is for the year and they divided it by the total number of bodies between all of the different bodies. So if my lodge has 300 guys and 43 has 1,000 and Mount Harb has 100 and Royal Arch has 20, they figured out whatever that number is. Yeah, there's some sort of magic math depending on the size and the frequency of use in that building for the, for the rent. Yeah, so... Um, you know, but other than that, like we, the, the building, all the tenants never come together for anything. I've noticed. You know, I mean, I, you know, if you go there on a weird night, like, oh, Amaranth's here. What the heck is that? You know, like, you know, or you go there and I see old ladies walking around in white dresses. So what's going on here? Oh, it's Eastern Star. Yeah, we had a great open house last year between uh, 43 and Lamberton. And uh, it was wonderful. But it, you know, it took two or three people that are really passionate about putting that together. And, and this year we have a joint open house again, and I think it's going to be a good event, but uh, you know, at this point we have Amaranth doing kind of their first Friday. So those of you that aren't in Lancaster, the first Friday of the month, and much like a number of cities, we have a great art uh, themed event across the entire city. Uh, but Lamberton and 43 have a open house and it's not as uh, organized, I think as it was last year. And we just, you know, the enthusiasm isn't there. I think we're being invaded. I know, there's like loud. some, there's something rumbling outside. I kept checking my headphones, but uh, I think it's our heating system or something here. Or a helicopter. It's the past bastards coming down on us. <laughs> yeah, the helicopter. The black helicopter's heard us talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I got my first pushback uh, the other day because one of the things I've been talking about on the past couple shows was um, I, I came up with this harebrained idea to start a, a social club here in Lancaster. And I got a bunch of guys that are on board and, and we're moving forward with it. But, um, you know, a nice older gentleman, member of everything. Um, he just, we had breakfast the other day and very polite. You know, it's, it's one thing that's nice about the brotherhood yeah. is that somebody can completely disagree with you and they generally can do it in a polite way. Um, you know, and this gentleman was saying like, he just doesn't think it's a good idea because you're going to create something that has the brothers spending more time away from their families. And he thinks that would reflect bad back on Freemasonry. And then, you know, my pushback on that was, is I'm a newlywed. I've been married like two years now. Um, My wife really doesn't keep track of me or care what I do, but I think she'd be a lot happier if I was out drinking in a building with just men then, okay, we don't have this building, so I'm going to go to the bar where there's men, women, and all kinds of stuff going on. So, And a group of men that have your best interests in mind. I mean, you know, the social yeah. club is not going to be, it's going to be fun, but I don't think that the intent is to be wild and crazy. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're still Masons, but we'll make sure that everybody's safe and gets home in one piece. And So, Dick, uh, you, you've got a smirk on your face, so you've got unique perspectives on these. So, what, what is it? No, my mind kind of goes in different places at times. And you're talking about a, uh, a building full of men that your wife feels very comfortable about you hanging around with and considering what's going on in this world today. Maybe they shouldn't be. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I got to say on that is I know I'm not experienced with drinking um, on the scale that you are, but few men never drink. Yeah. But here, yeah, never. Um, but I got to say, Freemasonry kind of spawned from meeting in back rooms at taverns. I mean, especially in America. Um, and from what I see today, we don't have that kind of um, excitement in our lodges. Well, uh, I mean, I think it would even 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 if our law, if our center wasn't so set in stone, this none of this whole thing would even be going forward if we would have the ability to, you know, frame out two thousand square feet of that building. And put in a pool table and like some a TV and some chairs and but, well, we we could not drink that's fine but right. they don't there's nowhere for us just to meet and hang right, out right the way and that we're oh what, what I was gonna say hold on is is uh, a lot of the guys that I know after meetings go to federal tap house so they go somewhere right in the general vicinity of the lodge to have a, a beer or two um, regardless you know of of what meeting it is or when it is they'll go there for half hour 45 minutes and then go home and and if we had a place that we could call our own and not to you know give the businesses the short end of the stick but if we had somewhere to call our own we'd be frequenting i mean we'd we'd still be going out it'd just be at a diff, you know at our place the, the, i think the tough part that a lot of masonic leadership fails to see and maybe they don't fail to see they just choose to ignore it and we touched on this earlier is that masonry the ritual and what we have to do happens in those rooms, happens in those buildings, you know, and our, it's organized, quote unquote, fun. You know, it's the same thing as going to like a corporate retreat, which I've been on thousands of, and it's organized fun. You will play dodgeball or not dodgeball. You will play softball and you will participate in this, you know, and we're not forced, but 
our interactions in our in our social life with other masons is is really really prescribed from grand lodge down and we want to do more than that you know true freemasonry is happening outside of the rituals happening outside of those lodges and i think that this idea of a, of a you know quote unquote clubhouse is great because it gives us a safe place to go be together i've been in masonry for a year and a half and 99% of my friends that i spend time with at this point are masons i have wonderful non masonic friends but i mean almost every day uh, i'm spending my time with somebody who's you know a mason outside of my my work life wow Got a nice little hush here over the studio. But I'll tell you what, circling back to the, the, the other comment uh, about some of the, you know, the, the grumpier old guys, you know, another frustration. I truly believe that if you're going to complain, uh, your next statement after your complaint should be a solution. And, and nothing irks me more than having ideas, having no support from, you know, some of the past leadership and then going on with your idea but then having all the old guys come in and expect and tell you what you're doing wrong. So, you know, the, the, from the outside looking in, you know, critical grumpy old guys gets a little, you know, it gets a little frustrating. I mean, I see just in the past 10 years, at least for Lamberton Lodge, um, we have like, have made huge leaps in things that we do. When I, when I got in, like you went to the meeting you had a very boring meeting. You went downstairs and then refreshments were like egg salad out of a, uh, like a tub that they bought at the grocery store on grocery store buns. And that was like your, that was the refreshments that, or maybe some, you know, a, a gallon of decaffeinated iced tea or something and decaffeinated coffee. Cause for, you know, God forbid we give any of these Masons real coffee at nighttime. Um, but yeah, now we have, you know, meals before the dinner, we have meetings, I mean, I caught a lot of flack when I had, when I was master and I had a cash bar at our um, formal at the end of the year, our lodge banquet. Like, well, you can't have that. Why not? Well, we don't do that. We've never done that. Well, I'm like, well, I'm in charge. So we're having it. And guess what? Everybody had fun. Nobody started like beating each other with tables and, you know, everybody drove home safely. I mean, I think the, the wackiest guy had three glasses of wine. I mean, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is some concern that, you know, we are Masons and we need to be acting with Masonic decorum, you know, no matter where we go. But at the same time, we're Masons and we're grown men and we wouldn't be in this fraternity if we hadn't exercised that same decorum before Masonry. Uh, Dick's, rolling, Dick's rolling his eyes about decorum. <laughs> yeah, before Masonry doesn't exist. So I'll start it six years ago. <laughs> before, before 19 or 2010... There was no Dick Kenna. I'm going I'm to create an individual. Just, so, just call me Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have anything else going on? Any other news there, Jason? You've got all kinds of notes. Uh, yeah, I have all sorts of notes. There's, there was a couple. You can be our Larry this time. Oh, nice. Well, there's uh, And we make fun of you now. Not so much. Uh, don't do you have to go to the bathroom? N- no. No, okay. I don't, uh, do, we, do, we need to, do we need to take a break? No. no, no I'm good. No. If right. you're being Larry, we do. We've got 15 minutes left. Uh, we'll, we'll probably make, take 10 minutes. Of nice. It. I don't have news, but there was a couple cool uh, websites popping up. Uh, some guys from some other uh, internet groups and, and uh, other Masonic podcasts out there have some side projects going on. And uh, I just heard about this Masonic Finder, MasonicFinder.com, uh, a brand new LLC, an adventure from uh, some other brothers out there in the internet land. And uh, they're trying to put together a website that uh, organizes 
uh, all of the Masonic events happening across the country. The catch is, though, if you go to MasonicFinder.com, there's not much on it right now. Uh, you need to uh, propagate it with your own events. So, so basically, it's an event calendar and so, you can... Yeah, exactly. Just- and organized by zip code. So ideally, fast forward a year from now, if you plug in our zip code, you should see you know all the events going on. So if you guys are listening to this... Um, they have a uh, section where you can pick off like which group is it? D- is it DMLA? Is it Blue Lodge? Is it you know Commandery? There's no Grotto, so you guys need to get Grotto on there. And uh, there's also a, a big survey going on out in the Masonic world uh, called like the 2016 Great Masonic Survey, and it's just a place to. Uh, voice your opinion and supposedly there'll be a big revealing of the metrics coming up and that's at tinyurl.com slash masonic survey i took it as soon as it launched and it's it's pretty good some pretty in-depth uh questions and they're talking about revealing the the findings in the end of june so there's a on a local scale on a local scale excuse me uh as we said earlier i'm I'm getting ready to split uh, and go to boston this fall but i wanted to remain active and i talked to a few of the guys in the york right um, and at the Lancaster Masonic Center, and all six guys that are the same six guys in every York Great Body, yeah. all six of them. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, there, there's a LancasterYorkRight.com in the works um, right now to have um, representation in all the bodies in the Blue Lodges. Is it going to um, be like every other York Right website that looks like it was that, built with Geo Cities back in that's like, what the, I, uh, <laughs> back in the seventies? That's what I'm trying to avoid right now because uh, bouncing around some ideas, uh, Josh Palmer and Jack Harley, they go, oh, is it the ones that Pete makes fun of all the time? Well, if you go to like YorkRight.com or YorkRight.org. The purple ones? Yeah, yeah. oh my God. It, it looks like, who did somebody design this with a Yahoo Geo Cities web builder? It's, it's, the, same, it's the same dude on all of them because if you go to the AMD, it's the same one if you go to any of the other bodies it's it's the same exact dude there's the other um, uh, two words there's WordPress yeah right (laughs) (laughs) there's uh, My Masonic Journey yeah Seth Anthony has a a, a fantastic website that keeps you up to date on all the degrees and stuff there's actually a link to that website uh, from the Lancaster York right to see when your degrees are but basically it's like a schedule of events for anything going on at the Masonic Center and uh, kind of what we've been up to with a calendar and directions to how to get there and a link to uh, if you want to come to a meeting um, if you're traveling and that sort of thing, then there are links to the, to the blue lodges that meet at the building too. Great. And speaking of local stuff, uh, there's a few things going on this week. If you're listening locally, we have 43 has an extra meeting, uh, this Thursday for Thursday, we have two, maybe one master Mason degree one, right? Cause Joey, your buddy's uh, unavailable, but we're also doing three fellow craft degrees. And the catch there is we are going to do them. Uh, I guess what I've have nicknamed the district degree style. So instead of one day class style where you have one, um, one member going through the initiation and the other one's watching, we're going to have all three of our fellow craft uh, candidates get their degree all at the same time. So uh, I guess you got to be Mason to really know what I'm talking about, but that's a sight to be seen. We're doing that. What else is going on this week? Tall Cedars. Are you going? Going to wear your little hat? Sorry. Your My pyramid. pyramid. Your pyramid. Um, I didn't know what was going on this week. It's fourth. Yeah. Neither it, did I. It's, it's, it's not every fourth it's not every fourth Tuesday. Do you have your pen with a little pull out with the calendar on it? No, I don't. <laughs> what is that? The, 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 I forget which brother it was. He was so proud. He has this pen and then you can, um, he gave him out and you pull out this calendar comes out of the side of the pen. Um, 
Yes, yeah, like the Is it P- Richard Altucher? It's like the, maybe, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's the 1950s PDA. Richard. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's not a meeting until uh, until the fall. Richard's fantastic. The school of instruction, yeah. And uh, McCaskey, the local high school, is having a stab uh, stabathon. No, yeah, right. <laughs> They're having a local uh, drama. Uh, their drama club is doing a presentation. They're doing a play at uh, the Masonic Center. So they did uh, a play for the Lodge of Perfection, and now they're doing it open to the public. Are they going to have an OBGYN on standby? So in case anybody has a baby during the show? Possibly, yeah. Well, we're just going to put them in the bathroom. So in case, you know. Yeah, sorry. I do a comedy show right after this, and like one of the big things we do is we make this 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 high school is a God bless them. It's an inner city high school. It says all like the problems of any other inner city high school. Yeah, but there's some infamous problems Absolutely. with um, like when I first moved to the city. Um, I saw a playground. And I thought it was an elementary school, and somebody goes, "No, that's for the high school kids' kids." Right. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, See, I, I grew up in suburbia, so if somebody did get pregnant while they're in high school, they got taken away to some mysterious place and we never saw them again. So it didn't that's how they made sure it, it didn't happen. They oh, picked I, mushrooms. Right. I <laughs> down in Kenneth Square. I somebody was telling me somewhere that the McCaskey dropout rate was less than the Mannheim Township dropout rate. I don't know if there's any credibility to that, but I remember somebody flaunting that at, a, at some get together, and I was like, uh, uh, "I don't know." But I mean, my friends tell me that if you if your kid is on the exceptional side of intelligence, McCaskey really is the place to be because they have. I guess they they, they keep all the um, the smart kids sequestered um, uh, away from general pop, and so like the student teacher ratios. Well, I have yeah. I have one of those students, and she. Uh, I mean, we love SDOL School District of Lancaster, and uh, but there, you know, she'll shoot me a text message with some pictures of cops outside and breaking up fights, and oh, yeah. and uh, Lodge Forty Three's uh, own past master is a teacher out there, and he just had to break up a, you know, a knockdown drag out the other day. So it does happen, but uh, and they have two schools, so there's actually you know two high schools on campus, right? And uh, yeah, they do you know. One of the schools is, is notably rougher than the other. So excellent. Yeah. Well, we're not here to fix that problem. Nope. That's not good. <laughs> and then uh, I, Memorial Day is next weekend, and uh, and well, next next Monday. And what's going on? Anything Masonic for on, Memorial on Day? A Sunday? parade? Yeah, I think there's a parade because nothing says Masonic parades and pancakes display like a a good old parade. So these old guys are going to walk and then fall and right. Yeah, I mean it's something we have to do, but. I like it. It's something they have to do. I'll be barbecuing with my family. We talk about the old guys. Why aren't some of the new guys walking? They are. I mean, it's, it's, I believe in our district, it's required that somebody represents the wardens and the master. Yeah. The officers are pretty much every lodge and, and pretty much most of the officers now, at least in our two lodges are young. Right. So. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the actual master, but my excuse is I'm fat and I don't want to walk. Me too. Joey, you're skinny. You go walk for us. I played dodgeball yesterday. I've got my quota of physical activity for the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, what? McCaskey dropout yeah. rate is four times Thanks higher? Thanks for clarifying that. Four, four times higher than the next highest in the county. Wow. We'll continue that on for our People of Lancaster podcast after, afterwards. Uh, anything else? Is that it for you, Jason? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Joey, when are you leaving? Thank you so much. Uh, August 27th is my first day, so expect me to split around then. Is there a campus or you have a hotel or a hotel? I mean, you have an apartment? Uh, looking at apartment versus dorm right now, the cost of living in Boston is significantly higher than Lancaster, so um, kind of weighing my options. But uh, it's all it's all kind of secluded to 
one or two city blocks right on Mass Ave in Boylston. So are you prepared to defend with the Boston Masons that we did at first? I'm going to listen to them, see what they've got to say. But yeah, at heart, I'm a Pennsylvania Mason. So, you know, where my loyalty stands. Well, they're another Commonwealth up there. So yeah. they should have backwards government like we do. <laughs> um, Dick, anything else going on in your world coming up? Not that I can think of. All righty. So a big uh, Larry, we miss you, sort of. Not really. Now nah, we, we miss you, Larry. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast. And How do you have all his endorsements handy? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Um, Wait a buy, minute. Buy my scarves. Buy Larry's book. Um, what else do we have to say? Get legal help from some... Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe anymore. Oh. Larry changed that, remember? You know what? You know what? From your scumbag good, Esquire. A good plug to read the, the latest PA Freemason magazine. It's a pretty good, pretty good articles in there. Great, great issue. Oh, the chaplain from Grotto has a... Uh, has a nice article in there. The the Reverend Dr. Christopher Rocky, who was the presiding say. officer at my wedding. So it's really yeah. official. Yeah. His firm is now Swindler, Steel, and Carp. Like law firm. Carp, like the fish? That's uh, K A R U P. Carp? Corrupt? Uh, corrupt. There you go. <laughs> you spell that with a K? <laughs> For God's don't, sake. Don't Mar- forget, I was in special ed my I'm, whole life. Come I'm on, getting, I'm getting my Larry Maris like. <laughs> shakes just hearing that (laughs) all right guys thanks for all coming in today and uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap her up here so you guys have a great week yeah thanks for having me pete thanks for having me all right see you next time